Welcome to our weekly classified Grayman Intelligence audio brief. Over the next few minutes, Wesley from Super SE is going to share with you the most important survival intelligence stories that have occurred over the past week from the Grayman briefing. This timely and concise reporting will help you to stay sharp and be well ahead of the knowledge curve so that you can be better prepared for what's coming down the road. All right, Wes, take it away. In this week's briefing, we're going to cover January 11th through January 17th. Let's get started right away with our infrastructure briefing. We've got two incidences I wanted to point out for you. Back in, on January 11th, the NOTAM system, that's the Notice to Air Mission system, it failed. And that led to the grounding of all U.S. domestic flights. This is the first time this has happened since 9-11. And about two hours after that happened, in Canada, their NOTAM system failed. And it's completely, you know, an independent, separate from the U.S. system. The FFA, or I should say the FAA, has said they don't have any evidence of a cyber attack. And Canada has said they don't believe theirs is related to the FAA's outage. Right now, the blame has been placed on an engineer... They've said that he mistakenly replaced one file with another, and the file he replaced was corrupt. But yeah, in the U.S. and in Canada, NOTAM went down, planes were grounded. Now, separately, on January 17th, in Randolph County, North Carolina, uh, Energy United's substation was attacked. As far as I've been able to pick up on, it's just a single gunshot. Uh, The alarm went off right after the gunshot hit the station, can't tell exactly where in the station, what unit, but uh, they do say that there was no, there were no outages related to this, but just on the 17th this month, we've had another substation attack in North Carolina. I wanted to touch real briefly on one crime and civil unrest incident or events that have been occurring. So shoplifting has increased both in the U.S. and in Canada over the past year to two, but now there's this viral kind of occurrence happening in Canada and a little bit in the U.S. People are live streaming themselves shoplifting groceries or if they're not live streaming it, they're bragging about it on social media after the fact. Their their concept, their reason for doing this, they're blaming it on greedflation. They're saying grocers, uh, especially those corporate grocery stores, they're marking up prices on food items and blaming it on inflation. So as part of a, a viral fight the system, fight corporate greed, people are just shoplifting groceries and then bragging about it. And uh, one report said that this increase through this, this viral campaign is adding about $5,000 in loss per week per grocery store in Canada, or at least some regions of Canada. Government oversight briefing. So the whole classified documents that Biden has had, we're not going to touch on it a whole lot because it is all over mainstream media. Uh, The gist of it is back in November, some classified documents were located at Biden Penn Center or Penn Biden Center. Uh, The news broke uh, last week, and after it broke, it seems like every couple of days, more classified documents were found Uh, You know, some of them in actual President Biden's private residence, which was at the time when the documents were dated, that residence was being rented 
to Hunter Biden for $50,000 a month. The topics of these top secret documents have been said to be about Ukraine, among other countries. The White House has given pushback. They're not currently being transparent about really much of any of this. Every time, every briefing, every press briefing, they're changing or adding something or refusing to answer certain questions. If anything will come from this, it'll be... It'll be a negative impact on the DOJ's ability to prosecute uh, President Trump just because of parallels there. Uh, I would imagine no one sees anything happen to them, and by them I mean Trump and Biden, just because it will be tough to go after Trump, who says he declassified. There was a standing order to declassify everything he removed from the from the White House, uh, and as president he could have done that. However, as vice president... Uh, Biden could not have done that. So the the real bad look is here on is on Biden. At least Trump has some things he can say he could say that would get him out of trouble. Uh, but that's all we'll talk about in the classified documents. We'll move over to the CDC. The Center for Disease Control has issued a statement advising that a marker metric was reached with their their Pfizer BioNTech uh, that vaccine and. Basically, what they're they're trying to say is the safety metric. They've looked at some data, and they do have concerns of quote blood clots or other particles that block the blood vessels to the brain. They're saying this is occurring at, a, at an unexpected level among those 65 years or older who received that specific vaccine for COVID-19, and all that means is it's triggering a CDC investigation now. So a genetically engineered mosquito that they're calling OX5034, it was approved by the Environmental Protection Agency back in 2021, and they officially granted permits for release of 750 million of those enhanced or genetically modified mosquitoes. And this was for Florida and Texas. Now, back in 2022, the EPA approved an additional release of 2.4 billion modified mosquitoes in Florida. Local and state government agencies in both states, they've approved those pilot programs. Now, the stated purpose of releasing these modified mosquitoes into the population of you know both Texas and Florida, because I haven't seen it in other states, though they have done some tests uh, in the Cayman Islands, uh, Panama, and Brazil. But yeah, the, the purpose they're saying is to help uh, decrease the prevalence of, I don't know how to exactly say it, but the Aetis aegypti type of mosquito. This is the breed of mosquito that, I don't even know why I tried to say that, but anyway, it's a breed of mosquito that's known for carrying the Zika virus. And they're, they're saying that they can modify certain mosquitoes to help decrease that population of the 1% mosquito that carries the Zika virus. So yeah, that's, that's happening right now in Florida and Texas. And finally, in our government oversight briefing this week, let's talk about mosquitoes. Chinese scientists have published research on a mosquito-delivered vaccine. Essentially what they've done, they've taken a vector of the Shaoyang virus vaccine, the CYV vaccine, and they've placed it into a pool of blood. They've allowed mosquitoes to feed from that pool of blood. They then released the mosquitoes on a population of mice, and they then, they then tested those mice, and they found that the mosquito successfully delivered that vaccine to the mouse. The mouse is now 
immunized. And they've said that they hope to mass produce this new carrier method to enable a global, quote, mosquito delivered vaccine for wildlife, end quote. Now, they didn't say anything about how they're going to prevent that mosquito from biting the human population and potentially the effects that a vaccine not made for humans, you know, what that could have on humans. But China, they're doing their thing. You know, last year they, they approved the inhalable COVID-19 vaccine so they could vaccinate people without having to use needles. So that's in China. There's some weird stuff happening over in the U.S., and even in Texas and Florida. And in our government overreach briefing this week, the White House and the UPSC have backtracked the whole banning of gas appliances. The chair of the UPSC said, quote, contrary to recent media reports, I am not looking to ban gas stoves, and the CPSC has no proceeding to do so. However, they also said that they're looking for, quote, solutions for reducing any associated risk end quote, with gas appliances. So they've kind of uh, stepped away from all that. There was, I guess, too much mainstream media coverage of that possibility of banning appliances. And over in Germany, a doctor has been found guilty of issuing incorrect health certificates. She was sentenced to 33 months in prison and fined $30,000. This was for basically exempting or you know writing exemptions for 4,000 people to not have to wear masks because in Germany it still remains compulsory it's required to wear them the doctor had claimed that the masks were harmful to the patient's health but that didn't matter um, they've said it was you know incorrect health certificates and you can't issue exemptions for masks and speaking of back over here in the US uh, back in April a federal judge struck down the transportation uh, mask mandate. The DOJ today, on the 17th, gave oral arguments for why the mask mandate should be reinstated here in the U.S. right now. And related, the Sixth Circuit U.S. Court has affirmed a lower court's finding that the Biden administration's federal vaccine mandate is unconstitutional. This is in Kentucky, Ohio, and Tennessee, who is related to. The new finding upheld a 2021 court decision that blocked the mandate in those three states. The mandate required workers contracting with the federal government to wear masks and be vaccinated for COVID-19. This also comes about a month after the Fifth Circuit U.S. court issued a similar ruling in Mississippi, Indiana, and Louisiana. The Kentucky Attorney General said that the affirmation was a, quote, resounding victory against unlawful federal overreach into the personal medical decision, end quote, of its citizens. Moving on, the New York State Supreme Court has ruled that the New York healthcare worker mandate is now, quote, null and void and or unenforceable, and any defense to the validity of the mandate is without merit, end quote. So this comes after a lawsuit that claimed there is no rational basis for the mandate when the respondent DOH, or the Department of Health, acknowledges the mandate vaccine fails to accomplish its stated goals, i.e. prevent the spread of COVID-19. So, it's kind of funny. In the ruling, the Supreme Court of New York said, quote, in true Orwellian fashion, the respondents acknowledge that then-current COVID-19 shots do not prevent transmission, end quote. 
So the petitioners responded to the ruling saying that this is a quote, huge win for New Yorkers who are facing dangerous and unprecedented healthcare worker shortages throughout the state. The Children's Health Defense, who finances the medical professionals for informed consent, the ones who actually filed the suit, they said that they're hoping the ruling will quote, will continue the trend towards lifting these dangerous and unwarranted vaccine mandates throughout the country. And finally, let's talk about the Second Amendment briefing. So I actually have quite a lot for you today, but I'm not going to dig too much into each one. You can view all of our Second Amendment coverage in its full entirety at graymanbriefing.com. We send it out via Signal and Telegram and once a week via email. So let's just uh, let's kind of summarize these. In Illinois, the governor has signed the assault weapons ban. It makes illegal rifle magazines that hold more than 10 rounds and handgun magazines that hold more than 15 rounds. It also forms that ATF strike team and bans gun parts. This is another one of those events where lawful gun owners who everything they were doing before this bill Everything they owned before this bill was all legal, and now they have to take steps to remain in compliance to avoid becoming a felon. It also looks like, I want to say, I forget the number, I know it was more than 70, it might have been 85 different counties, the law enforcement agencies in 85 different counties uh, have all come out against this bill. Um, In McHenry County, the sheriff's office said, quote, neither myself nor my office will be checking to ensure that lawful gun owners register their weapons with the state, nor will we be arresting or housing law-abiding citizens, or I'm sorry, law-abiding individuals that have been charged solely with non-compliance with this act. Over in Kankakee County, the sheriff's office said that the bill is a clear violation of the Second Amendment. Neither myself nor my office will be checking to ensure that lawful gun owners register their weapons with the state, nor will we be arresting or housing. Basically the same thing that the other sheriff's office said. So the majority of law enforcement in Illinois has said, no, this is unconstitutional. But, yep, it's been signed into law. And over in Virginia, a little city of Lynchburg has become a Second Amendment sanctuary. Again, I won't dig too much into these. Let's move over to... Uh, our national coverage. Everyone's already seen this probably. The ATF, um, their their stabilizing brace rule has been finalized and citizens will have 120 days to comply. Um, It's already been submitted to the Federal Register and as soon as it's published there, it goes into effect. As a ploy to get people to register their firearms and build that national registry of uh, firearms, they're giving uh, free tax stamps out, so you can register your firearm for free, temporarily. Um, If you don't, you're going to be charged with a felony. And finally, a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit filed by the Gun Owners of America has revealed that the ATF and the FBI have been colluding to warrantlessly monitor and track citizens who've been making lawful firearm purchases. So this is kind of like the Minority Report movie here. And I'll explain. So basically the FBI, they've labeled this collusion the, quote, NICS Monitoring Service. And the FOIA release showed that dozens of ATF agents have been providing citizens' names to the FBI and requesting that the FBI utilize that National Instant Criminal Background Check System, or NICS, to monitor daily sales and report back transactions to the ATF. So the ATF conducted this ongoing operation by basically emailing the FBI, they sent them a document, 
and they would say, hey, monitor this person. They wouldn't have a warrant for it, but their justification was that there could be, quote, potential violations of the law. So laws not yet broken, but laws the ATF believes could be broken. The FOIA also showed that in some cases a citizen was tracked through the NICS monitoring service based solely on his, quote, behavior and appearance. The FBI provided the response almost immediately after the GOA filed, but the ATF delayed theirs until January 9th. And we've just taken a look at this FOIA release that came out. Um, there was 14 files in it on the covert surveillance of individual American citizens by monitoring their firearm purchases. So that's it. The ATF is warrantlessly monitoring you. And uh, that's it for the Second Amendment. That's it for the weekly briefing. Uh, find out more about what we do at thegraymanbriefing.com and sign up. Thanks again. You guys take it easy. So before we head out of here, let us know what you think of these briefs by emailing us at help at ultimatesurvivaltips.com or you can contact us through our website and the home base for this podcast, ultimatesurvivaltips.com. If you'd like to be even further ahead of the preparedness curve and get daily briefs from Wes delivered privately to you, Wes is giving Survival Show podcast subscribers $1 off the normal monthly subscription cost of $5. So for only $4 a month, you can get daily intelligence briefings from Wes when you go over to graymanbriefing.com and enter code GBCUST at checkout. All right, that's about it. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.